As we move closer to the end of this financial year and into the next one, I thought it would be great to dive into the topic of money. With 20 years of experience working in the accounting and finance industry, today I'm joined with money coach Alpha Schultz, who is the founder of Money Made Simple. In this episode, Alpha and I discuss connecting with your core values to your journey with money, understanding and letting go of your money story, and why it can sometimes feel really hard to invest in ourselves and our business, even though we know it might be super beneficial. Hello, I'm Donna Han, a business coach and an online course creator, and this is the She's in Business podcast. You can think of me as your business bestie, who's a few steps ahead of where you are right now. As a mum fueled with ambition and determination, I've created and sold three businesses. I've learnt the lessons, made mistakes, and I understand the daily juggle and the hustle. I also know what it's like when relationships fray and burnout taps you on the shoulder. That was my world until I reshaped and transformed the way I ran my six-figure business. Today, I help women to transform their businesses and go from being the overwhelmed entrepreneur to becoming the thriving entrepreneur, feeling energized, empowered, and fulfilled within their business lifestyle. I want to inspire your business journey and help you to stop spinning your wheels because I want you to burn bright instead of burning out. And I'll invite other entrepreneurs to share their real life stories too because I want you to know that you're not alone. You can be the savvy entrepreneur that you are born to be and enjoy the freedom to do the things and be present with the people that mean the most to you. So if you're ready to rise to the next level and build a business by design, this is the She's in Business podcast for mums who are made for more. Thanks for tuning into the She's in Business podcast. I have a fabulous guest for you today. Alpha Schultz is joining us today in the podcast. So welcome, Alpha. Hi, Donna. Thank you. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, well, I'm excited because I invited you into the podcast to talk about money. And one of the things that I love hearing you speak about is how our core values work with or sometimes against money mindset. And it's something that I find really interesting And the main part of it that I find super interesting is how that plays into our self-worth and also investing in our own personal and professional development. But before we dig into that, I would love if you could tell us about you. Who is Alpha? How did you come to create your business, Money Made Simple? Tell us a little bit about your business journey. Okay. Well, it was a bit of an evolution, really. It wasn't sort of a, a by design to start with. And so originally I studied accounting and I became a corporate tax accountant. I worked in that for about six years and I realized I did not enjoy that kind of work. I enjoyed helping clients and working with them to get a result and usually optimize their money and also try and minimize the amount of tax they were paying. But I didn't really enjoy the day-to-day nitty-gritty of it. So I moved, I pivoted a bit away from that and went more into the consulting management consulting space. Still did it a lot with in the financial sphere. So I always have to laugh when I, I hear people say, oh, I hate spreadsheets. I was like, oh, I love spreadsheets. I do everything in spreadsheets. 
I manage my wedding in the spreadsheet. So, uh, which ironically, I've had a few people ask me for. So I was like, yes, they're good. They're good. They work. So it's sort of it, that. So my, my background kind of carried through. And one, one of the things that I sort of started, I, I love writing and I love creating. And a lot of the things I, I found I was doing were, were kind of just as they felt right at the time, I would step in from this to this to this and, and moving in more into the consulting realm, I started to earn more money. And then I thought, well, I should know what to do with this. I studied accounting, but it's actually not the same as personal finance. And we don't learn it at school. And even if you do study some sort of accounting or finance at university or anywhere, it's not personal finance, like how to manage your money at home, how to budget, spending, all of that kind of stuff, how to invest. We, we don't get any of it. So I started down that path. So I actually, I had a financial planner, but I, I realized relatively quickly that that wasn't for me because he would just charge a whole lot of fees. And every time I'd ask a question, I would get some very generic response from whichever managed funds he'd put me in and he'd just send me that. And anytime I tried to delve further, he kept deflecting. So in the end, I was like, this is just not right. So I actually studied diploma of financial planning. So I was like, I just, I want to know what's going on here. So the more I got into it, the more I realized, we don't get taught a whole host of stuff. And I kind of felt like we get kept in ignorance because it's easier to sell people stuff (laughs) than it is to actually say, you know what, you can actually do this. You just need to know what to do. That's the beautiful thing about that whole personal professional development that I love is that you're teaching yourself to do the things that you need to do rather than relying on somebody else for that service and paying for that service. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And then I wanted to go to, I was like, I want to empower more people to do this. It actually, that stuff, that, that like mechanical stuff is actually not that hard. You just have to know what to do. And so then I started working with friends and then they would have, they'd send other friends, to, their friends to me. And so, and the more I started working with people, I realized it's actually not even really about the money. So like a lot of, it's, you can create checklists and say, okay, go do this, ask your bank this, go create this, make sure that you put this much as like there's there's certain, like I said, mechanical, tactical things you can do. But the bigger issue that I saw emerging was the people's self-worth linked to their bank balance and the fact that they had no real idea what they valued in life. And so that a lot of the decisions they were making were very random. Sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't. And every time they didn't or they compared, and of course, the social media makes comparisons almost too easy, but they're not realistic comparisons. So people would see somebody else going, oh, look, I'm always on holiday. Oh, look, this, this is great. I just bought that. And they would go, oh my God, I don't have any of that. And I have to admit, I've never been one. If, if the crowd was doing blah, I would go do something else. So I've, I've always kind of been that person. I just, I just didn't want to do what everyone else was doing. But then I started to realize there is something to that. I did a lot of personal development work on myself. I delved quite a lot into values. So I I learned what my values were. And then I kind of did a bit of an analysis on sort of the key sort of turning points in my life and realized why certain things didn't work for me. And I realized the financial planet was never going to work because one or two of my core values are discernment and control. None of that fulfilled those values at all. And as soon as I started to take control back of my finances and I learned and taught myself enough to be able to make choices... I was so much happier and my money grew as well. And I wasn't paying like $8,000 in fees. I was just, I was so astounded by how the fees were. So that's my journey and how I've kind of got to where I am and now try to expand it because I want more and more. And it's mainly women, to be honest, because a lot of the time I've, I've worked with, with couples and the man's just interested in investing. And while that's part of it, there is a bigger component to it. And that connecting with values has become one of the key elements. It's the first thing I do. 
Yeah, let's dig into that a little bit more because core values I find, and I've done a lot of personal development work as well as professional development, and core values is interlinked with everything that we do. So can we explore why core values or can we explore how core values are so important when it comes to understanding more about money and the choices that we make with our money? So values, I look at them as a compass. So when you think about our lives, we have choices that we can make in the future. And then we have things that have happened in the past. And that, to me, the values create that compass to help us direct where we're going. And then when we hit a decision point, they also then act as the filter that we can use to analyze the choices and then to make an active decision. So rather than just kind of reacting to life and whatever's thrown at us, we, we decide we can actively pursue things. So it's acting rather than reacting. So I find it a lot easier. I actually did work and because you know that you get to a point in your life, you're like, oh, what's my purpose? Why am I here? So I did a little bit of kind of searching in that regard. And then I realized my purpose is just to be me and be happy. And in my case, it's help others to do this. And that didn't really emerge until probably about four or five years ago. We sort of just fumble through life. And then sometimes through personal and professional development and life experience and putting ourselves out there, we sort of figure it out. But if if we're too scared to explore any of that or too uncertain about what we're going to encounter, we don't even go down those paths, then we will never find out. So, so to me, it's understanding ourselves. And I think the, the happier we are, the easier it is for us to help others and the better. You probably can relate to this as well when you, you've had a bad day. Like yesterday in the afternoon, I was like, I cannot talk to anyone. I just, this, there was a few little like nitty gritty things. I'm trying to help my dad with stuff and it's just, nothing was working. And I thought, I just need to be away from people because I know my bad mood will probably spread. So I need to go get myself sorted out so that I don't go and offload stuff onto people who just don't need it or don't deserve it or it's not their thing or their stuff. We need to get our own house in order. It's a little bit like that you know, in, in an aircraft when they're, they're saying you fit your own oxygen mask first and then you're better able to go and help more people. Yeah, absolutely. I talk about that a lot with the ladies that I work with as well because I know for me in my business journey, the changes that I've made to my career path and the different businesses that I've started and sold, all of those changes, all of those steps that I made, which have brought me to where I am now, have been because there have been a shift in understanding my purpose. And there's been a shift in the season of life. So when you are young and you don't have the responsibility of a mortgage and you haven't got children to look after and you may or may not be in a serious relationship. And then what you need in that season of life is one thing. And then when you do kind of shack up with a partner and that starts to become serious and you're looking at getting married and buying a house together and children in the mix, like all of those different life experiences, as you mentioned, I think we do have core values that don't tend to change too much. But I do think there's also adaptations that happen, for want of a better word, where you go, okay, so now I've got little people that I need to take care of. That kind of changes the way that I want to live my life and the way that I want to earn money. And then that changes the way that you want to spend money. It changes the way that you want to shape your business around your family and all of that kind of stuff. So I think definitely understanding and getting really clear about what your core values are, your purpose and your vision for where you want to go is really important. And then it's about looking for where the gaps are and bridging those gaps. Hey, And so I've heard you speak about money stories as well. And a lot of other money coaches speak a lot about money stories as well. And so 
For the people who haven't maybe explored this area before, can you talk to us about what a money story is and how that, and like, how do we identify it? What do we, how do we start with that? Because I know for me, when I, I've been doing a lot of work recently, actually on discovering my money story. And it's interesting to look at what plays into that, that you have been always thinking is your voice in your head, but actually it's the voice of somebody else that has been part of your experience in growing up, or, you know, there's been a major event that's happened in your life or something that then changes the way that you speak and feel and act when it comes to money. So let me go back to my question because I tend to go around in loops. So I apologize for that this morning, but tell us about what is a money story and how do we identify our own money story? So a story is something that we tell ourselves and we tell it, and we usually tell it more than once. And the more we tell it, the more true it feels. And the more we will find things in our lives to validate the story. So the classic example is, you know, you're having a having a bad day again and then something will happen and then you'll hurt yourself, you'll kick your toe, you'll bump to the wall, you'll oh, yeah, I'm just so clumsy. You're like, well, it's, you're telling yourself you're clumsy and it kind of then becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy, possibly because you're tired. Like my daughter is always, she's super clumsy when she's tired. So as soon as she starts hurting herself, I was like, okay, time to stop and rest and, you know, so you can start to, to pick those things up. But in terms of the money stories, quite often they're things that have come from childhood. So they're either things that we've heard from our, our parents say, or they could have said it to you, or they could have, you ask a question just as an example. And the, the biggest thing I find with children is when they ask a question and you shut them down, if you do that too many times, they'll start to build up a story about, oh, well, I must just be too stupid to understand this. So that's why I don't get it explained to me. Or I'm a girl, so I, this isn't my area that I need to even think about. Stuff like that. So I think those stories are starting to change, but they certainly existed still, I think, when you and I were children. You know, there was still that very much that division between boys and girls and what you could and couldn't do and what you should and shouldn't do and the things that you could aspire to as a grown-up. Thankfully, those are breaking away. But so just one, one money story could be, and I hear this a lot, oh, I'm not good at maths, therefore I'm just not good at money. So when I was at school... I just couldn't concentrate or I could I was like, well, to be honest, it's probably the teacher. <laughs> and it's the way they taught maths, not making it relatable to everyday life. Half the time, algebra isn't necessarily relevant or it could be if it was taught in, in a certain way. Gravity becomes somewhat more interesting when you fall out of a tree and you're like, oh, okay, I get now why gravity is important because I could hurt myself if I fall out of a tree. So it's it's applying it to everyday life. But it's that story then gets told again and again and again, and it becomes part of our, our narrative. And it sort of almost then becomes like an excuse for why we don't do things, or I'm not even going to try because I'm not good at this. It keeps us safe from failing. But the only, A, failing quite often, we're the only ones who even notice it. So sometimes you'll say, oh, this was so, like, I just really flunked that. And people are like, really? I thought you actually did pretty well. So we, we, we're harder on ourselves than anyone else, really, unless you've got one of those like very critical kind of parents or grandparents. Um, I had a very critical grandmother. So even when I got A's, it wasn't good enough. I had to get A pluses. So then you kind of come up with a whole, well, I'm not that intelligent. So I, why would I be able, why would I even try to do that? I just want to be able to understand it anyway. Or people have this thing about spreadsheets. I was like, well, really? It's just, if you write a shopping list, it's just an electronic version. <laughs> yeah. So when we're thinking about a money story, if it's a whole new concept, are there a couple of questions we can ask ourselves to become more self-aware of what our money story is? Yes, absolutely. The first one is, does it, does it make me feel good? Does saying this or believing this actually serve me? And if the answer to that is yes, okay, we can stop 
proceeding with that. But if the answer is no, I actually don't like that story. And then this, do you actually really believe it? Or do you, is it just something that kind of came, was it something imposed on you or something you just picked up somewhere? And is it really your belief? And then that becomes a whole, hmm, no. Then things will start to, it's like planting a seed. You know, the roots start to take hold and you think, oh no, that's right. I remember hearing this at a barbecue and you might not even know specific details. Some people are better at specifics than others. I usually just have like a general impression of, oh, I vaguely remember something like that happening and somebody saying that. And for some reason, I took it on. I don't know why. So it's curiosity, asking the questions and then going, okay, well, what would happen if I chose to let that go? And letting it go is actually quite hard. So you need to then replace it with something. You're like, okay, well, if I say to myself, I'm not good at math, but now I'm going to replace that with, yes, I am, or I can be if I really want to be, then you go, well, what would I need to do to make that true for me? Because truth is actually relative, depending on my friends. I always think of the, I had a schoolmate, she was anorexic, so skinny. Like I looked at her and go, oh my gosh, she could barely walk around. She was so like knobbly, but she still saw a fat person in the mirror. So I was like, well, what's truth there? And that that's also sort of what started triggering me. I'm going, how do we recognize truth when it's in front of us or not in front of us. So it's it's asking those questions and it's really coming back to realizing we are the masters of our own destiny. If something we're saying to ourselves is we don't like it or we don't want it to be true, or we have to acknowledge that we're responsible for making it true, which can sometimes be a bit confronting, but you say, okay, I don't want this to be true anymore. I'm fed up with it and what it's doing to my life. I want to change it. And that's where you start to go down the path. And that is incredibly difficult to do on your own. It's a lot easier to have someone else ask you those questions who's more impartial because then you also don't question their motives because you can start to question your own self-talk. You get better at it as you get more practice, but it is a lot easier to have a coach to help you through that and go, okay, well, what if that wasn't true anymore? And what would your life be like? Like, And what do you really want to do? Do you you want to go down this path? And it's okay. Whatever you choose to do, it's your choice, but just own it. Yeah. And also like having someone in your private space that can keep you accountable too and pull you up on it. If they hear you say using particular expressions to describe yourself, that perhaps isn't true or that they know that you're working through is really great. So having an accountability buddy, be that your partner or a friend or even your kids can be a really great way as well to kind of just take that, that get that consistency happening. One of the most powerful things you can do for yourself and your business is to surround yourself with like-minded women who will support you, inspire you, and celebrate with you when you reach your goals. I'm creating a community of savvy women in business, and I'd like to invite you to join my free Facebook group. In the group, I share free templates, I check in with the members of the group on a regular basis, and I jump in live every week for coffee and coaching. And that's where I share some extra business tips I answer any burning business questions you might have and help to connect you with other members of the group. It's free to join and I'd love to see you there. Use the group search function in Facebook, type in She's in Business with Donahan and you'll be sure to find it. Okay, I want to recap. So we've talked about why it's important to explore your core values when understanding more about you and the way that you behave around money. We've talked about money story and some questions we can ask ourselves to start to discover that money story or become really self-aware of it. And then you also shared some tips how we can start to reshape that for ourselves to create a new money story. 
let's explore the conversation around self-worth and investing money into your personal or your professional development, your business development. Because I find this is a really big sticking point, especially for women who feel that, well, I'm not good enough to spend money on myself if it comes to like doing a personal development uh, program that I want to do, or I'm not smart enough that I should really be investing that kind of money into growing my business, learning business skills. It's just a hobby that I'm doing on the side, that kind of thing. And the other thing that sometimes comes up, which isn't related to money, but it's still self-worth is time. Like I don't have the time to do that, but actually it's about really getting clear on the gaps or the outcome that you're wanting from that thing. And then making sure that you're investing the time into yourself to be able to do it, which is all about self-worth as well. So in my experience, I found that it does come down to really understanding your values and believing in yourself and investing that money and making sure that it's got an ROI or a return on investment for whatever it is that you're doing. But tell us, what are your thoughts about that in regards to stepping into acknowledging your self-worth and how does money play into that if you're wanting to do that, but you're like, I feel really stuck in that space. I think as women in particular, we really struggle to spend money on ourselves. I mean, and I'm not talking about just going out for a coffee with with girlfriends. It's spending some some decent money. And it does come down to how much you value yourself. And when you think about the type of service that you provide to everybody else, like your your family, your friends, you're kind of making them more important than your, your own self. And you can be a more service to others when you are full, more full yourself and you you love yourself more. And that self-love can you can relate it back to so many things. So, oh, I'm too fat or I don't like my skin or my hair, or you can you can point it down to any any physical thing as well. But ultimately, it usually comes down to the feeling of love that we have or that we've felt perhaps as a child, or things that have manifested over our lives. So yeah, so self worth and but overcoming that that is tricky. And to a certain extent, I think when we the older we get and when we have children, I know for myself that was just like the biggest light bulb. I was like, oh my god. I now am responsible for this other little being here. And also being a girl, my daughter, I was like, I need to role model things for her. So I need to role model what it means to take care of myself, to exercise, to stand up for myself, to eat well, to do all these things. Because it's not just what I'm teaching her, it's what she's observing I'm doing as well. So we need to understand, and and my daughter, she, she laughs all the time. She usually finishes my sentence when I say, it's about balance. And that's the other thing too is, learning part of self-love is realizing we're not perfect. We're not going to do it right all the time. So if we slip a bit and might have a bit more cake or chocolate or might yell or whatever, we might do something that we're not happy with. It's okay. We can just go, you know what, depending on how severe it is, you can always apologize to somebody if you need to. But the, the point is to then move on and not keep carrying it with you. Like it's a heavy burden. And there's a certain amount of um, victimization that kind of comes with that. And I guess that again, it comes down to the why does that serve you? Do you want to be a victim? And I deliberately use that word because it's confronting. Um, and because there are genuine victims out there who have something's happened, but we want to try and change the energy around us to go, you know what? I'm not a victim. I don't want this to be my story. I refuse to let this continue any further. I'll do whatever I need to do to go from here to there. I'm not even entirely sure what there is yet. 
but I'm moving towards it. And I can, like you said before, that vision, you have a, more of a vision for what you want for your life and have that courage because it does take courage. And sometimes you do need, or you need either an actual coach or at least just have some supportive friends. Like I, I have, um, I have one friend who she's really good at asking for help and she needs it emotionally or she needs physical help. She asks, and I'm always in admiration because I am crap at asking for help. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, no, I can do this. And I'm like coughing and spluttering. And it's like, yeah, yeah, just hang up the washing. And oh, yeah, I just take my daughter to school. And then a friend of mine, her daughter's at the same school. And then I'll go, I could always just ask her to take my daughter to school. I can like get my husband to drop her at their place. There's ways to, to kind of come out of that. I don't have to be the martyr <laughs> or the victim. I'm like, let's just lighten up, literally. I think too, sometimes it's about also understanding that, yes, it may be, that you might have to make a financial investment in something, but it's actually going to get you there sooner. And along the way, you'll be making less mistakes. And also your learning skills that are going to serve you for years and years to come. So it's that investment in yourself that is going to show results. And like you just said, in role modeling for your daughter, I have two boys For a long time, my previous business, which I just sold this year, it was a dance studio. So we role modeled to so many young girls and teens and women. And so it's about part of, I think, investing in yourself and going, you know what, I am worth this, is going, I know that I could be, I really want to step into my potential. I know my potential is here. And right now I'm feeling like I'm a little bit under that. So I'm sitting down here. And I've identified that the gap that I need to go from A to B means that I need to invest some time or some money into potentially learning a new skill, whether that be for understanding a deeper level of self-care and self-love and do some personal development around that side of things. Or it might be, I really want to get my business to a place where I'm financially independent that I can have the financial freedom to work when I choose to, to spend many money when I want to, to contribute to our family. Or if you're a solo parent, like that you can support your children and yourself without having to lean on assistance from the government or assistance from your ex-partner. And so for me, there's a big part of that in my money story. When I look back and I now understand why that is actually so important to me is because for generations gone by, the women in my family were stuck in their relationships, in abusive relationships, because they didn't have the financial freedom to break away from that. And they had to work really, really hard to make that possible for themselves. And I'm talking about, you know, generations, I don't know how many far back, but the beautiful thing that I appreciate from my money story in watching that and seeing that and being told from them, like, set yourself up, make sure you're always aware that that is a place that you could end up being and being really restricted in the life that you want to lead and your safety. So being in business for myself and making sure that I am contributing to my family, but also setting myself up to be financially independent if I needed to be is really important to me. And so when I look at professional development and I go, gee, that's a pretty big investment, I will look at that and go, okay, but how will that return on my business? 
if I'm investing like $5,000, is that going to give me a $15,000 return? Now that might be in sales and profits, or it might just be that I know I've got the business skills that are going to be going to give me the things that I need to have a long game in business rather than be a flash in the pan because I'm burning out too soon or because I make a really big bloody mistake and I lose all the capital in my business or I get sued by somebody or that kind of thing, right? So worst case scenario. But I think it's really important to look at your money story when you are considering either making an investment in your business, even starting a business. Like that's massive to start a business in having the capital to actually do it. And you go, oh my God, I don't even know if I can do this. Like, you know, am I the right person for this? Have I got the skills for this? You know, all of that kind of thing. Yeah. Second guessing. Yeah. Like I just, that's a big part of my passion as you can probably hear is that helping women to really carve out a space for themselves that fills them up every day, that fulfills that purpose that you were speaking of, but is also financially viable as well. Otherwise it can become a really expensive hobby that doesn't really push you forward. So yeah, I think it's really important to make sure that you're giving yourself choices. And sometimes those choices come when you invest in yourself and therefore it opens up this beautiful array of different things that and opportunities that are now in front of you that you can take or leave as you please. So yeah. And once you've learned something, you can't unlearn it. As soon as you learn these strategies and the tools to do, so like I said, whether it's the mindset side or even just the mechanical money side, once you know it, you can't unknow it again and your mind becomes expanded and it becomes ready to go to the next level and then the next level. And then you have this like voracious need to learn more. And that, that, that's where it becomes really exciting. And then you kind of can make agreements with yourself and go, yeah, I'm going to take personal responsibility for this, this, and this. I'm not going to take these things personally. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to value myself. And I'm going to see that what I have to offer other people is actually valuable. It's not just me. And even if somebody then, because inevitably you'll have the, the, like the voices either in your head or the physical people who might say, oh, why are you doing that? Oh, that's not, uh, you can surround yourself and go, you know what? That's just your opinion. Uh, and then you can work because once you know your numbers and your metrics and you, you, you end up with the structures around you to understand what it is that you need to do to, to make a profit. Uh, not just make revenue, then yes, it becomes a lot easier to to kind of have faith in yourself because you can justify certain realities as well. Absolutely. And I love your point of that it needs to be a profit margin, not just revenue. Because often people can say, oh, I've got a six-figure business. Yes, but is that revenue or is that profit? Because if you're bringing in a great revenue in that bracket, but your expenses are just as high, then like I said, that's where it becomes a really expensive hobby, not just financially, but also on your time. And I think too, as a business owner, your business will continually evolve and you'll need to level up your skills ongoing. It's like if you think about uh, professional race car drivers, as an example, if we look back to generation or years gone back in the 80s, the cars they were driving back then, the track conditions they were driving on, the technology is vastly different to what it is now. Yes, it's the same activity essentially, but it's evolved and it's changed. And there are now new driving strategies that need to be adopted. There's different technology within the cars that they need to be aware of. And it's the same when you're driving your business. You therefore need to really keep your skills up to scratch all the time. You need to evolve with your business as it grows and also invest in your team if you have one in bringing them along for the ride with you. Because I think also it becomes really important for our mindset as a business owner. 
that we need to make sure that we're on top of our game, that we stay on top of our game and that we're a front runner, a thought leader. You're the go-to person for whatever it is that you're doing within your business. So as the driver of your business, you are worthy of investing in yourself and your team and making that part of your money story and your future success is really, really important. So everything that you said related to money story all ties into this beautifully. Yeah, it's it's like everything. It's, it's an intertwined sort of rug, really. There's little bits of everything and it all comes together. And that's not to say that it all comes together perfectly all the time. And some things will feel uncomfortable or you'll get irritated. You'll be like, oh. And to be honest, irritation and frustration, enjoy it because it usually means that you're ready, to, you're feeling uncomfortable and you need to move to the next level. And then you'll need to go, okay, well, what does that mean? I was like, all right, yeah, let's go. And you can re-motivate and up you go again. So it's being feeling... To me, the, I recorded a podcast a couple of weeks ago about this is to me, the enemy of change in general is just comfort. If we're feeling too comfortable with what we're doing, then we need to shake it up and do something else because we're going to get frustrated and bored and we're just we're not where we need to be if we're feeling comfortable. Yeah. And growth doesn't sit in comfort. When we're leveling up within our business or within our life, we've got a change. We know that we want that change and we're moving into it. It never feels comfortable. As human beings, We're conditioned, as I think you said at the beginning of our podcast today, that we're conditioned to keep ourselves safe. And that feeling of safety can also be a feeling of comfort. And so when we are challenging ourselves, and as business owners, we need to constantly challenge ourselves. As parents, we're constantly challenged by our children as they move into different (laughs) areas of life too, right? Just get used to the teething and you just get used to the sleep cycles and then that changes and you know they drop their day nap like that's when they're little and of course when they get older and then they're moving into teenage years which I'm not quite there yet I haven't got a teenager yet but um oh my goodness and so it's just like that right you've got to constantly know that that change is coming for you as a business owner because growth is there waiting for you and on the other side of that uncomfortable feeling is opportunity, is choice, is freedom to really make your life the best that it can be. I talk about that a lot in really making sure that you've got the three areas of your life, that you're working towards that all the time. Like you said, there's never going to be the perfect balance. That's why I always refer to it as a blend because it ebbs and it flows and there might be weighted towards one area more than the other, depending on where you're at. But it's about embracing that the savvy entrepreneurial businesswoman that we know we are It's about really honoring the fact that yes, you are a parent and there are responsibilities there. How can you be present in the moment with the people who mean the most to you and not be dragged into your business all day, every day? And then the other part of that is self-care, which you've talked about a lot today, which I love is that we need to ensure that we are spending energy on maintaining each of those areas of our life. Because if we don't, then we're not we're not fulfilled. We're not living our best life. We only get one crack at it. So you might as well make it a good one. Yeah. So look, there has been so much I've loved chatting with you about here, Alpha, today. And I just want to invite people to reach out to you if they want to talk more about their money story and if they want to make money simple and get help around that. So can you tell us where they can get in touch with you? And I'll then include those in the show notes. Sure. Well, probably the the best way would be on my website, which is www.money-madesimple.com.au. I've got a number of resources on there, my blogs full of lots of information. I've got some podcast episodes there as well. 
got a, a freebie. So one of the one of the things that I, I hear from a lot of women is, oh, I can't. I'd love to invest, but I'm, I'm paying debt and I'm, I'm doing all this. I was like, so I have I have a, a guide on there about how to invest with just one dollar. That's for free. And then I have some other low cost things. And then I'm I'm relaunching my revised course because I've I've switched platforms and I've decided to tweak it a bit. So that'll be launching in the next couple of months. But my website's the best place. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Alpha. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Now, if you've loved this episode or any other episode that you've listened to, please leave us a podcast review and share this podcast with a friend who may also need to grow and develop their own business and their self-worth. Spreading the word can really make an incredible difference to me, to my guests, and of course, to those people who listen. So send me a DM via social media. Tell me about your key takeaways or leave a review on whichever platform you listen to the podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of the She's in Business podcast. If you enjoyed it, please share it on Instagram and Facebook. And I'd be so grateful if you could leave me a review on iTunes. Be sure to include your business name and Insta handle so I can give you a shout out too. If you want to know more about what I do, the programs that I offer, then head over to www.donnahan.com and follow me on Instagram at Donna underscore Han underscore SIB. I hope this podcast inspires you to be courageous and take action in carving out your very own business by design, where you can avoid burnout and shine like the universe is yours.